Welcome to the Straight Fire Show, where you know every time I'm bringing fire guests, and today, today is no different. I got my man right here, Keenan, with the Stay Driven hat. I love that. Now, is that your own swag or somebody else's? No, that's a group uh, called Driven Society. So it's a, it's a young entrepreneur group that uh, I just, I love their mantra and, and what they have going. So it's a guy, Travis Week. Um, so yeah, I throw a little support and love every now and then. Yeah, I love it, man. I, I got to get that hat. You know, I like that flat bill with the green, <laughs> the green bottom. Oh, we'll get, we'll, we'll get you some. We'll get you some, definitely. You got to get me draped up. So listen, I'm going to give a quick intro. Uh, Keenan Bisley, a.k.a. the new madman. I love that right? Because you and I are kindred spirits with the agency background, which we'll get into. He's an industry disruptor, a serial entrepreneur, and marketing agency leader with more than a decade of consumer marketing experience. Prior to launching his own agency, Black Box, in 2014, he led a billion dollars or billion dollar brands at Procter & Gamble and was the youngest marketing VP at L'Oreal USA. Born and raised in Los Angeles, he's a contributor to Forbes, CNBC, MSNBC, an advisor to a number of startup companies, and a regular lecturer uh, at USMC Marshall School of Business. He graduated uh, uh, with, at uh, West Point with a focus of system engineering and law, and on and on and on. You've got a couple more companies going too right now, right? Oh, I got, I got a lot going on. I think uh, I've now turned into that serial entrepreneur. The, 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 the real bit. So talk to me. So... I'm a, uh, I played a little football at TCU. I'm, I think I'm probably, go Frogs. Uh, I'm probably six years your senior, I bet. I'm 41. What are you, like 34? Okay. I'll turn, thir turn 36 on Monday. Look at so, you, yeah, man. coming up. It's a baby. You're a baby. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we were in Conference USA, though. So, I was, uh, we played TCU every year. Yeah. I got recruited by West Point, man, and it was probably now looking back, I wish I would have uh, pulled the trigger on that. What position did yeah. you play at West Point? Outside linebacker. I could see that. I could see yeah, that. Yeah. I was a fullback. I was a fullback. That's a, a dying breed. So if it would have been six years, we would have, we would have hit each other a couple times, I bet. <laughs> a whole lot of times. I can tell you that for a fact. <laughs> yeah, I had my hand down most of the year. So Yeah, yeah but, man, I, I was – I, I was a backup guy, so I wasn't. I quickly realized I wasn't going to go to the league, so I started focusing in, in school um, more yeah. and, and, draw, and took me to that uh, entrepreneurial profession. So let's talk about that, man. So you came out, you went into, you killed it kind of in the Fortune 100 brand marketing game. Yeah. And then flip that into black box. And talk, talk to me a little bit about black box. You, you saw you needed a disruptor. There was, there was noise in the market. People didn't have accountability and you want to change that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, ultimately what happened was uh, I, I tell people the reason why I'm an entrepreneur is because uh, the big companies promoted me too fast. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> so they kind of got me to the ranks where I got, you know, uh, underneath kind of all the, the facade of the organizations and realized there's a lot of vulnerability there. So, when you're a, a young, you know, call it 29-year-old VP and social is something that's completely normal and I'm sitting in meeting rooms and people don't even have Instagram or Facebook accounts and don't understand the process of how it works and how to grow their business and, you know, we're fearful of Amazon because no one understands the purchase cycle of, of an yeah. online product. I'm like, okay, all right, guys. Um, I'm now coaching my peers, right, who are 10 plus years my senior all throughout these companies how about I just start an agency and you guys can pay me a lot more yeah. <laughs> to do this exact same work. Um, 
and then you know I never wanted to be a uh, uh, you know, I call it a, a C-suite executive at those big yeah. companies. I always knew I was going to start my own thing. So uh, yeah. it just happened maybe a little sooner than everyone thought. Yeah. And some you said it's key. And I mean, for every entrepreneur, I mean, and I've operated like uh, through some acquisitions, you get a board, you get heavier. Everybody is about posturing. Shit slows down. Yeah. You can't make decisions. People are fearful. They're scared. So I, I get it, man. I've I've been there. I mean, I wrote a book scale with speeds specifically around listen dude we got to make decisions we got to move right if you're not moving yeah. you're dying well yeah you know i mean the difference in big kind of corporate america is you know advocacy is really how you uh you accelerate your career right so the whole thing sure. is about being liked by you know right. management by peers right you manage up down across right that's that's what because the system and the infrastructure is actually what creates the scale and that's already been perfected when you get yeah. on the entrepreneur side, results matter. It's about the work, man. Every day. All that other shit, whether or not people like you or not, it doesn't matter, right? It's about what are you producing? Today. Um, you yeah. know, I used to go around and put a sticker on people. Like, are you an asset or liability in the company? Yeah. You'll know every week where you stand with me. Yeah. It is, and, it's, and it's intimidating, but it's like, you know what? I want you to know because, hey, move into that asset category. Yeah. And that's what this game is about, building assets. That's how you sell your agency, how you sell your companies. You build assets. Yeah, you, you, you're totally right. Listen, I, I coached a, uh, you're, you're in New York, right? I am. New York, LA, Bentonville. Yeah, I'm, yeah you're all over. I mean, fuck, you're, you're all over the yeah. country, man. I was watching your Facebook. It's like everywhere. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was coaching um, a guy. He has about a seven, five person agency there in New York. And, and we had that same conversation this morning. I was like, listen, yeah. dude, the stakes are too high for you. This is your yeah. agency. These people, it's just a job. What culture are you creating, right? Because yeah. if it doesn't work out for them, they're going to go bounce somewhere else. How are you creating a growth culture? I love that. Are you an asset or are you a liability? And, and a lot of people don't want to hear that, right? I mean, but I'm a huge capitalist, man. I mean, you've got to eat what you kill, in my opinion. And, and, and if you're coming here every day, you got to lace up. And, and I've got this saying, where is my money, right? And so where is my money <laughs> this concept if the employee comes in that day and is thinking, where's my money? Well, it's if you serve the customer, we're going to be okay because the customer wins. And if the customer wins, the company gets money. And if the company gets money, the employee gets money, right? And so it's that concept, where is my money every day? Are you an asset or a liability? So I love that, Keenan. I absolutely love that concept. So talk to me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Go you, ahead, go ahead. you built the agency. Did you sell that agency? No, no. So we still have it. Okay. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, for me, what, what's interesting, right? As an entrepreneur, you start to look at your business models and, and we constantly reevaluate. And, and what I felt like is I got into a bad business model in the agency. So I'm, I'm pretty public about talking about the, the end of the ad agency era, right? And that's yeah. why I've always called myself the new madman. So um, there's no shock. There's plenty of Forbes articles for me about this. Because I think ultimately it is a dysfunctional business. Sure. Um, and, and the fact that I had it and, and still have it is really just a, an accident. Yeah. <laughs> it was never supposed to be the end for me. Because when you, when you fundamentally look at an agency, you're getting paid for the hours that you put in. And so what does that mean? If I'm trying to grow my business, I need to create more hours of work. Mm. So I either need to take longer or hire more people. Right. That's a bad 
fundamentally business model. Totally. When you look at your client actually wants to move quicker because they're more like you. Where's my money? Yeah. <laughs> right? And money doesn't want to, money doesn't want to wait. So right. now you got two things that are at odds. And so I never really liked it. It was more of a research vehicle for me to understand deeply what is the creative process? What's the timing? How do we move things in a more predictable manner? Right? How do I mm -hmm. uncover the drivers of business at a both consumer and corporate level? And, and that's really where the agency is and where it sits. But it became a pipeline to all the things that I'm doing now. All right, because what it is now is it was a way for me to disrupt what categories and where can I actually go in and, and, and create real disruption in the marketplace and drive value creation. So I took the agency and now evolved into, yes, we still will do some services and things over there on the side, but now I'm launching my own brand. And yeah. a lot of the brands that I've launched are invested in and backed by those people I was servicing. It's awesome. Because what, what you start to realize is there's a real gap in the marketplace. And I call it this emerging brand, right? It's everyone is trying to figure out how to build a zero to 15 or call it $30 million business. Mm -hmm. After that, you can't compete with a Procter & Gamble, a Unilever and all that because they're, they've already built the scale engine. They sure. can't do the micro. Right. And so I'm finding my niche being the a micro, micro brand builder and marketer, right? And I think that's what most of us are as entrepreneurs. Because well, you hope to get purchased once you get to about 30 million. Yeah, and that, that's <laughs> where the money's at, right? I mean, you get it to, I mean, yeah. that's where I'm at, dude. I'm a micro builder. I'm a freaking builder. I, I'm an advocate of the entrepreneur in the small business. How do you go to zero to 30 million? How do you kick off a six, seven, eight million EBITDA and turn around and have a big exit, right? I mean, that's, that's the yep. game. So listen, for everybody listening to this, Keenan said something, I mean, it's brilliant. The genius in this is I believe every company, I don't care if you're selling a hat, you're selling this coffee cup, you're selling a phone, you're not in a, you're not selling a cup, you're a sales and marketing company. Every company, if they aren't built to think that they're a sales and marketing company, they should be prepared to lose. So by understanding the nuances and the ability to influence, persuade, and sell, and brand, and create advocates, that's, that's key, right? And you're building that incubator, and you're saying, yo, listen, let's go raise some money. Let's go build some micro companies. I've got the techniques, the brands, the creativity, how you move the market, how you influence using Facebook, Instagram. I mean, that's it. So the, the thing I want everybody to grasp is that, dude. It's like you're, every company should be a sales and marketing company. Every company fundamentally is a sales and marketing company. And, and I think if your business is sales and marketing, just realize that it's okay to make profit, right? So when I say an ad agency is a bad business model, it's bad from an acquisition standpoint, sure. right? Because if you survey everything that gets acquired, if you're getting purchased for a fraction of your revenue, right? Or a fraction of your EBITDA, that's a bad business model. Well, when you look at a tech company that's getting purchased for multiples, they don't even, they don't even care right. what right. no profit. They don't even care. Exactly. <laughs> right. So, so when I say that, it's like, you know, we all have to keep in mind, let's be realistic. It's okay that there's a lot of ad agency owners that make a lot of money. Yeah. And that's a good thing. The yeah. business just doesn't sell for multiples and I'm a multiples guy, right? Yeah. You know, it's like a Grant Cardone, a 10 X. So if I, yeah. I want my revenue that I bring in to count for 10 when I yeah. sell it. And so for me, it made more sense to take my profit and reinvest my profit into something that could get a 10 Amen. And so that's what I did. I took money that I had and I bootstrapped every company that I have and I self-funded. And I self-funded because 
the best way for me to invest is to invest in myself, but invest in something where I can control what the upside is. I and those it. are things that have much more profitability, much more uh, value, you know, higher valuation multiple. So tell me, so tell the audience listening now, right? You, you got your hands in a multiple multitude of companies. Let's talk. You've got a, a CBD company, right? Yep. What, what else you got going on? Yeah. So, so I have a CBD company called Kakua um, and Kakua means grow. Um, so it's a, it's a play, it. it's a Swahili word for grow. Um, and really that, that is a, it's a, it's a consumer products group, right? We are trying to build the Unilever, the Procter and Gamble of CBD based products. Right. So we have 36 brands, everything from uh, a line of seasonings all the way to beauty care products and pet food. Awesome. Um, and really what that is, is about looking at what are the benefits of CBD? Where mm-hmm. does it impact the body, the skin, the mind? And now let's innovate and create products to prove to the market that now there's some new news in your lotion. Yeah. Right. Cause I can give you a lotion and all of a sudden it's a commodity and you're looking for just what's the best sale. But guess what? If you can have a lotion that is deodorizing or helps keep you drier. Now I put in magnesium, right? Sodium yeah. bicarbonate. Okay, great. Right? Awesome. Or I can give you something that has muscle relaxation and, and, and uh, tension relief, right? Or anti-inflammatory properties. Now I drop in CBD. So it's really about creating a more benefit-driven uh, consumer products company. And CBD just happens to be one of the best ingredients out there right now. Uh, and so that's what that, that company is about. Um, the other thing I have is a, a hair care company. It's called Infinite Looks. Um, we took in some, some major investment from, you know, some Fortune 100 companies. Um, and, and really it's about creating the next wave of textured hair care. Right? We're looking at a space where, um, the consumer has actually been treated poorly in this space because product development in, in hair care is really around shampoo and conditioning. Sure. And the reason for that is quite simple. It's a consumption vehicle. Yeah. Right? <laughs> when you look at the average, you know, replenish, the average person in the U.S. <laughs> washes, it, washes their hair every day. So yeah. you get it. So that's going to be the category driver. Well, when you go to the textured hair care consumer, so you're, you know, you're, you're black, you're Latina, you're, you know, they're not washing their hair every day, right? right? Because they don't want to dry out their hair. It's a, it's a fundamentally different category for them. Mm. So starting with shampoo and conditioners is actually going to get you in trouble. Yeah. Right. It means that you don't know your consumer, Yeah. but that's how <laughs> the industry has been trained. So I had to unlearn, right. And teach the entire group to unlearn what they thought was the norm to find what is actually the the real consumption driver in the category, build a brand that way. So, so that's what we're on the quest on. Just locked on products actually this week, so I'm excited. Um, Sweet, man, congrats. And, and locked on packaging. Um, and then, you know, the, the other, my, my baby is a company called Venture Noir, um, and we just received a grant from the Walton Family Foundation in Bentonville, Arkansas, and it is really about, you know, touching people that are, that are similar to us, that are entrepreneurs, and helping them build confidence in what they're doing. So there's, wow. there's a three-pronged approach, which is curriculum, uh, mentorship, and then access to capital. Because mm. I always say capital is something you want access to. You don't always need it. Because if you're a real entrepreneur and I ask you, do you want sales or do you want investment? Right. You're going to say sales. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> because you, if you, you can you have should sales, say sales. Yourself, <laughs> after, yeah, you better, you better say sales. Right? So don't dilute if you don't have to. So That's the interview question. Say, let's, let's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Amen to that. Uh, so that's where we that's where we started. Um, and so, you know, having that is, is, is something, it's a passion project, right? And so, yeah. you know, now we're looking to, yes, we, we want to invest in some companies if needed, but 
more importantly, we want to help build and add to the culture of, of entrepreneurship that, you know, people like you and I have been able to to live in and thrive in. So um, really, really excited about that one. What a decorate, man. What a cool thing. I mean, and everybody listening, I mean, the Walton family is no joke, right? I mean, for the fact no, that, no, that you're getting the attention of that, I mean, that's a big deal, man. I mean, I, you, you're, for everybody listening, you know, you're being super humble, which I love, but I mean, you're doing big things. I mean, this isn't like little shit. I mean, this is big stuff. So it's impressive. Well, you know, I, I think it, it's, it's easier for me to, to be humble on it because it's not about me. Yeah, <laughs> so, totally. You know, all, all of these things is about value creation. And maybe that stems from how I was raised or maybe that's the servant leadership that you learn, you know, going through West Point and, and, and being within the Army and that ecosystem. So, you know, fundamentally, I believe in service. Right. So all of these things are about serving someone else. And, and so I never want to direct the attention to me. Yeah, but right? we, The cannabis product is about directing the attention and serving people and bringing them solutions that they want. Hair care, same thing. Venture Noir, same thing. Right. Um, so when you serve and when you bring value, the money follows. It comes. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And so that's a, that's a core fundamental for me. I want, I want to touch on one thing, and I know we're, we're, we're probably getting tight on time here, but you, know, you brought up the educational piece to the entrepreneur right? I'm, I'm super passionate. So myself and Matt Monero have, have created a, a brand called burntheships.com. And it's, it. It, it is all about real entrepreneurs. You got to be a million in revenue to like 50 million in revenue. But, the, but there's, no, there's no course you can take. There's no class on how to prep to sell a company. There's no class <laughs> yeah. on how to manage cash flow. There's no class on how to build recurring revenue. There's no class on how to set up the right org structure and on and yeah. on and on. When do you make the next hire? How do you invest? I mean, all these things, right? When you talk to zero to 30 million, most people never get to 500,000 and then they lose. Oh, 100%. 100%. And so <laughs> you hitting in that, that piece of education, man, it's my purpose, brother. Like legacy oh, for yeah. me, like I've had some financial events. My purpose right now is helping on the backs of the small business that men and women of this country, get off the freaking hamster wheel, get your life back. The, the time that's being stolen from you and your family, your health and everything else is, is key, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and, and it's, and it's tough, right? Because, you know, when you, when you look at things and I, and I get why, you know, the guys like Gary Vee and some of the folks that have been really successful entrepreneurs attack the education system. Yeah. Right. And, and fundamentally what it is is because the education system is an institution. Sure. Right? It's an institution that is funded and, and backed by big companies who are also institutions. Yeah. Right. So these are, that is, that is the ecosystem. The interesting thing is when you talk about entrepreneurship is there is no institution of entrepreneurship. Right. right? Um, what it is, it's built on disruption and identifying unmet needs. Yeah. That is hard to train for. Right. That, yeah. That's that's innate. Um, and so it is it is counter to what organizations, what governments, what these things are for, which is why we build communities. Communities don't have necessarily a government or an institutional background. Right. Um, and what we have to kind of, you know, mind ourselves against is not to just create programming that exists within entrepreneurship. Oh, we have to point. foster just the mentality, right? It's a mindset, right? You and I have a similar mindset. We're sure. kindred spirits yeah. on that connection as entrepreneurs, but right. 
I could give you my playbook doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Right. That's programming. That's bad. We don't need that. That's what entrepreneurship doesn't need. Right. So it, 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 I, I love the philosophy and the mindset behind it because it, it, it's about uh, human connection yeah. right, and value creation. It's a real balance of both, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's guiding the entrepreneur spirit through proven frameworks and maybe some tactics. But to your point, it's not programmable, right? I mean, you, yeah. you can't understand the effort you've got to put in, right? You can't understand yeah. the, the commitment and those things. So that's a, that's a, that's a great, great way to frame that up. So as we kind of wrap up, like what, what's the one advice for somebody here that's a struggling entrepreneur? There's so many people that are stuck in a dead-end job, man. I mean, they're just they're hating their life. It's so systematic. Every day they get up, they do the same thing. They come home and it's always, I wish, or if I could, what, what would your advice be to that person? You know, for me, I think it is find a way to love the process. Hmm. Um, because if you, if you can learn to love the process, you'll end up finding success. All right. Because, you know, as an athlete, I can take it back to us being, you know, football players who loves practice. Right. right in the pain of, of lifting weights yeah. guess what great athletes do yeah <laughs> the great athletes end up loving practice yeah. and working out and everything that comes with that and yeah. that's what great entrepreneurs do why they keep doing it it's always painful yeah you just have to find a way to love it yeah well because <laughs> you, can... you can find a way to love it you'll have fun you'll have fun you'll be okay you'll yeah. ride the way yeah, because the, the yeah. process leads to the win if you do it enough. And, and the win is Absolutely. the euphoric thing that leads to enjoying the process, right? And, and you don't do it for the win, right? right. And that's the thing, right? A, a, a true entrepreneur doesn't do it for the win. They do it for the love Yeah. Right, of the process, right? So right. If this, isn't a, this isn't a sport you, you necessarily retire from. Right. No, you don't. <laughs> right. You, you keep, you keep doing it. So, yeah. so there is no, no single, right. You have moments of, you know, these micro wins as we call it throughout, throughout the years, but right. it's the process that you love. It's why you have a podcast while you're doing this, right. And you're, you're an evangelist for totally for man. That's, that's love, man. That, that's what, that's what this is all about. So I think too many entrepreneurs start off because they're looking for the win the and magic the win pill. is actually enjoying the process. Yeah. Hashtag hustle, hashtag grind. Like it's all bullshit, yeah. right? I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it really should just be love, right? Yeah. That's, that's what it is. Yep. Cool. All right, man. So for the people listening, where can they follow you? What's the best channels, places to connect with you? Instagram is the easiest and it's just Keenan Beasley. So okay. I'm, I'm real straightforward with that one. All right, man. Well, hey, I appreciate it. Uh, it was great having you on, man. And uh, thank you so much. No, thank you. All right, brother.